views and opinions of the guest and host you hear on 1010 WOLB are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Radio 1, its sponsors, or advertisers. here to support this bill where y'all at okay and I also would like to give thanks to all these petitioners because we actually consulted the people in the neighborhood we got there you know we want to know how they felt about what was going on in their communities unlike a lot of these agencies we actually consulted the people in the communities okay and we got almost a thousand names uh, on these uh, petition forms some of them are still out so and what the position says is to, uh, to Mayor Pugh, the Baltimore City Council, Governor Hogan, the Maryland State Legislature, and the U.S. Congress. Yes, I agree that we should, one, end the displacement of people from their neighborhoods and end the destruction of their communities just to give land and taxpayer subsidies to developers and investors. Two, introduce the, the 1% interest renovation slash rebuilding loan dollar house, dollar lot program, because the house will be built from the ground up for the individual citizen as a fairest way to ensure funds earmarked for the community are used to help the people who actually live there with training, jobs, and home ownership. Number three, end the destruction of the remaining affordable housing stock in Baltimore, a city with a documented lack of affordable housing. I've seen people walking around the street scared to death. But you know what? If they live in a decent house, that they will eventually have a deed to, they straighten up their back. They have a little bit of pride. If you see those brothers slinging on the corner, if they had a trade, they could know how to go and make a decent living and not have to run from the police. We have a murder rate of almost 300 young people in this city. Suppose somebody gave a tenth of them a job where they could take a paycheck to the bank and cash it for real dollars. And suppose me, a 68-year lady, doesn't have to worry, I got to get out of here before it gets too dark. Do you hear me? Do you understand what I'm saying? What I'm saying is real simple. Help the brother that's trying to help the rest of us. We got his back. And if you play your cards right, we'll have your back. We've got to be the, the, the lightning rod in this nation because every urban city in this country, through conspiracies, find themselves with thousands of abandoned houses don't tell me that's not by design we've got to break out of that genocidal approach to people who want to live and have a right to, to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness let there be no doubt justice delayed is justice denied hello Baltimore <laughs> and welcome back 
to the Call Tyrone Show, another exciting and informative edition of the Call Tyrone Show, and I'm your humble host, Tyrone Boast. <sighs> okay, so, all right, so with, thank you, I appreciate it, yeah, one of the, one of the uh, gentlemen here at the studio left me a bottle of water out, and, and that was nice of him, he didn't have to do that, but I really appreciate it, people here are very, very uh, cordial and one of the best this is the best station I've ever been in. <laughs> All right. So enough of that. Enough of that promotion. Okay. <laughs> but back to what I was talking about. There's been a whole lot of hoopla. I'm, I'm your home host, Tyrone Bose, and we're back at the call Tyrone show. And I know you're some of the most most intelligent people in the radio listening audience in the world. So and it's an honor to be back as your humble host. But um getting back to what we were saying, um what I want to bring up rather is uh, there's been a lot of hoopla about our kids, um, our children out here trying to make money, and uh, in the absence of youth, uh, substantial youth uh, works programs or sufficient youth works programs. And um, as a matter of fact, as we stated before in the show, um, they turned away 4,500 kids for summer jobs. And that's where things like Squeegee Kids come from, you know, things of that nature. Because, you know, young people are going to find a way um, to work. And um, uh, they do different things in, in D.C. They do different things in New York. In Baltimore, it's the Swedish kids. But that's not the only um, alternative ways of making money that um, children throughout this country have found themselves doing in the absence of, of uh, structured programs. And as I said before, um, a youth works a program is really a mentorship program because you're around responsible adults all day instead of being around Pookie and Shorty. You're on the corner, you know, learning all kinds of bad stuff. You're on in a structured environment where you learn you need to be on be to work on time, you need to dress correctly, uh, you need to um, have respect for authority, and you have responsibilities that you have to carry out during the workday. So that, in effect, is a mentorship program. It's one thing to mentor a young man, you know, and tell him, "Oh, you you know, you should stop squeegeeing or you should stop whatever." But um, when his stomach starts to growl at the end of the day, your BS rings hollow. Okay, so we. You want we want people yes we don't want people squeezing it's against the law we don't want people um, we definitely don't want people selling drugs because it destroys the community but if you want a man to stop doing something that's self-destructive not only destructive to the community it's self-destructive then you have to give him an alternative you have to give him an alternative for that income you know to get him to, to encourage him to stop to give him an incentive to incentivize him to stop because just locking him up ain't gonna get it because as soon as he gets out guess what. As soon as he gets hungry, he's going back to the same thing that got him in there in the first place. So um, there was a um, uh, Jack uh, uh, Mayor Jack Young had a um, a uh, campaign uh, event at his campaign headquarters, and uh, I wanted to go down and take a ch- take a look. I'm not endorsing anybody at this point. I need to see that they're strong for the people. Uh, the people being 60 percent of Baltimore's black, all people really, but. We don't want to get the short end of the stick to the majority population while we're looking up for other folks only. So, yeah, we want we want fairness and reciprocity for all people, especially 62% of the population, which is um, almost a majority black city. You're 29% white, and then you have others. You know, one group of people should not get all the resources. And um, that seems to be the perception that, that, that I get. So, you know, I, I, I met a lot of people down there, a lot of interesting people down there. Um, uh, you know, some of the guys said they listened to the show, and I was quite pleased. They seemed quite pleased with the show. They said they're gonna listen on Monday. One of them said he's gonna call in. Uh, you know, uh, whatever. 
But um, I, re- I was really pleased. I, you know, I like to see people because they recognize my voice a lot of times when they, when I'm talking. I'm, I'm in a in a, in a an Ace Factor Supply Store. Or something somebody will say, "Hey, what's your name?" And then I tell them my name because I'm not afraid to tell people my name, and I'm not afraid of what I say on this air. So, and then they they it, um, they're usually pleasantly surprised that you know, you know, I'm I'm who they hear on the Mondays on the show, and uh, uh, they concur with a lot of things. They they feel like these things need to be said, but they just don't know anybody that can articulate them. Okay, but before we get into this, we're gonna talk. We're gonna um, Jason, um, what I want to do is I, I ran through some kids pumping gas. Okay, uh, on the way to the um, uh, the event, and um, you know I stopped them and asked what, they, what you know why they even pump gas because the guy was telling me he said you can't let them pump gas if they don't have a driver's license, and I, you know I know it's illegal to let kids pump gas, and I. So, I, you know, I, I stopped to strike up a conversation to find out what was going on because a lot of times these kids are ignored, you know, and uh, we try to look down on them and we talk bad about it, we demonize them and whatever. So, um, number 76, Jason, let's go to that. Okay, so I'm out here with a, a group of young men, young black men out here. And uh, what's your age, son? 14. Sir? 14? What's your age? 13. What's your age? 14. Okay, y'all ever had a summer job? Yes. Okay, uh, how long did you work? I worked. You worked for two months. Y'all worked for two months? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. That's, that's a good summer job. Okay. Did y'all work this summer? No, I ain't, I ain't get the paper from my school to work this summer. So you didn't work this summer? Okay. Now, why y'all why y'all here? Um, why y'all, tell me why y'all out here. Explain. What, you, what is y'all doing out here? We, we, the reason why we be pumping gas and stuff. Like I'm pump, we pumping gas and we want to make our own money and stuff and buy our own stuff. Like I want to buy my own Halloween costume. Right, right. Because I don't want my mother to buy my stuff. Cause I'm, but I know my mother and my mother love me, but I want to buy my own stuff. You want to buy your own stuff? You want to make your own money and buy your own stuff? Uh-huh. And when I, and when I turn 14, and like when I turn 18, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to college and stuff. I hope you go to college. I hope you want to um, get a job, you know, when you turn 18. Because y'all know this ain't no career, right? Yeah. Out here pumping gas. And you get yourself in trouble. The police come out here like y'all up. You know that, right? So, um, why why you out here? You're the oldest. Um, I'm out here to protect them because they said people out here messing with themselves. So yeah, man, out here. When you out here, my brother had $30. And the man just took the money out of his back pocket and left. A man took the $30 from your brother? Yeah. Robbed him $30. How old was your brother? 13. Your brother 13, a grown man robbed him $30. So your I, big brother out here now protecting you, right? Now, now I keep my money in my front pocket. Y'all in school? Yes. What grade you in? Seven. What grade you in? Nine. What grade you in? Six. So if the city had like a youth works program, the uh, after school program to work three hours or whatever, if you had good grades, you think you'd be able to do that? Yes. Okay. That seems like something y'all would like to do? Yes. Why why are you think it'll work? Um because instead of me standing out here asking for money and pumping gas. You could be out somewhere working after school if you had good grades, right? If you kept your grades up. Yes. Okay, so what we're what we're trying to engage in is uh, um, what's called uh, critical thinking and analysis. All right, a lot of times we lack that, not just black people, white folks as well, and uh, we have co- uh, cognitive co- what's called cognitive dissonance when it comes to why people <laughs> are doing things 
you know, we think we're just doing it just to be mean. No, they're doing it because they're, you know, they live in abject poverty. And some of these people don't have lights on in their houses. You know, they don't have food at home. And um, I ended up giving them some money out of my pocket. You know, they didn't have to pump any gas or anything. And you know what they did with that money? They were right in that, in that gas station. It was like a mini mart there. And they went sh- shopping for food items. Okay, then they went home. But that's what they were there for. Basically, they didn't want to admit to it. But, I mean, they were there actually um, trying to make money to, to, so they can uh, sustain themselves. Now, I don't know what their parents are doing, but I know it's not their fault, whatever their parents are doing, because the parents are in charge. So I'm not going to sit here and try to blame children, you know, on the faults of their parents, you know. So, and then we're going we're gonna, to, let's go to, let's go to Thomas, and then we're going to talk about what they do in New York and in, and in D.C. So let's go to Thomas. Big Brother Tyrone, how are you, Big Brother? Yes, sir. How you doing, sir? Hey, listen, man. Thank you for uh, not throwing them babies away, man. Thank you for not being mean, nasty, or trifling to them kids. You're right. You get a lot uh, of that. You seem to see, you seem to, we seem to have a lot of grown black men that think they're tough when they talk bad to squeezy kids or you know saying they should be shot or whatever. And I don't feel I feel that that's um, that's a cowardly attitude to have towards. Uh, that's very cowardly us, attitude. Right. Because when the white man does it to them, then they want somebody to come out and and, 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 and to help them out, you know. But I, I, our, our kids are being targeted now. The, the powerless. Um, the powerless. There's this, yeah. there's this white racist radio station uh, on, the, on the FM side over there. I know what you're talking about. I heard them talk about meeting with Jack Young at a, at a football game, and he needs to do something about these little rat bastards what they call it. Hmm. And I heard one of the little white boys said that when he goes through that area, he rides through there, he pulls his gun out and watched him scramble. Well, there was an incident this time, there was an incident this week where a woman pulled a gun. Listen, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, and placed I'm, it on a seat, that. supposedly. The story doesn't even I'm sound, getting... the story sounds so stupid that it can't be true, but the way it went down, it's, impo- it's impossible for me to believe it went down exactly the way it did. It sounded like the police coach don't want to say. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm to, to get to that real quickly. Now, there was a woman that called that show, that same show I'm talking about, saying that she's going to do the same thing just to see how they react to her. Right. I That's say, I want this is the same woman, man. See, you have to watch what you say. Right. I, I know you guys as talk show hosts and program people, you got to watch what you say on the air because somebody's listening to you. Right, right. get that warped sense of faking. In mm-hmm. their mind, now first of all, right, right, like stop, stop right there, stop right there. That's why I encourage people to stop saying stuff like we need to stop killing each other because people will hear that in a different way. They'll hear that like all black men are killing people, and um, I know for a fact I'm not out here killing nobody. You know, I, I know there's, uh, I know probably hundreds of black men that ain't killing no dang on body. So it's not, not everybody. I'm huh? not out here killing nobody. Yeah, you ain't out here you killing nobody. Me, you know what I'm saying? So, you can't tell me black men are the only ones out here killing people. No. Baltimore City police closure rate is at 21% now. Because so they don't have the trust of the citizen. I'm going to tell you why. You they don't the, They don't have the trust of the citizen, Thomas. And statistics have shown that 70% of the cases that are solved are solved with the uh, help of the citizen. So if you don't have the trust of the citizen, you're not going to be. it's going to be hard for you to solve cases. It's going to be hard for you to solve cases, man. Right. And when that woman told that story about the guy reached in her car. Right, that was so much BS. (laughs) She shot through the door. Wait a minute, if he's reaching in her car on that passenger side there, and she shot through that door, 
wouldn't that bullet have hit that young man? Well, it it, it, it could have hit somebody else besides him. But here's the thing. This is why I know. This is why I believe it's not true. I wasn't there, but I would like to see the city watch cameras before I just believe something some woman said. Now that that would, that would pull a gun on a kid. Now this is what I think happened. Have you ever rolled through? You see the squeezy kids, right? Yeah. If you're afraid of squeezy kids, why would? And I never had a problem out of them personally. I hear other people saying they seen other people, but not, that had problems with them. It's always I seen somebody else. It's never. And I would ask them, was it you? Did you see it personally? No, but somebody right. told me, but I heard. No, I don't want to hear what you heard. Tell me how they treated you. So, first of all, if she's afraid of squeezing kids, why is she rolling past them with her passenger uh, door uh, window down? Think about that. Right. I don't even drive past my passenger window down. There's no reason for that. And the only reason I roll down my my um, driver's side window is to give them money. You know what I'm saying? Or, or, or to tell them that I don't want my, my car washed. But sometimes I give them money anyway. She needs to be charged with a criminal. Thank you. She needs to be charged with, with a crime for discharging a firearm. All right, yeah, anybody who knows you're right, you're right. You, and I'm going to get to that. And Jason. your bullets have to be separated. Okay, Not Thomas, thanks for calling in. I'm going to get to that. Uh, you want to close real quick? Okay. All right, so what, he, what Thomas says is correct. First of all, it's against the law to discharge a firearm within city limits, okay? So she should be arrested. I mean, I, I'm annoyed by Sweezy Kids, too, but not to the point where I want to pull a gun out and shoot one off. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to do that. And they never give me any problem. Any pro I know, you know, any cause to do that in the first place. They are very polite to me. I don't know about anybody else. I mean, they've always been very polite to me. They call me yes, sir, no, sir, whatever. And if I tell them I don't want my, my windshield washed, they don't do it. And if and sometimes they want to wash it for free. And I'm like, here, just take the money, you know. And, and I go about my business because I realize there's poverty in the city. I'm not stupid. I know they're not just out there to get on my nerves, you know. So, first of all, um, why would you, if you're afraid of Swedish kids, why would you ride past them with your, with your passenger window down? Usually when I see the Swedish kids, everybody's got their passenger windows up. Everybody. Secondly, why would you put your handgun, take your handgun out of the glove compartment, set it on the seat with the window down, with the passenger window down, and set it on the passenger seat with the passenger window down, a gun, a loaded gun. Um, and then um, she said in the report that um, she was afraid to um, run somebody over. That's why she didn't continue. So if you're afraid to run somebody over, you, you mean you're not afraid to shoot them instead? That makes no sense. You know, when you try to run this stuff through your mind, it really makes no doggone sense. You got to be an idiot to believe that story. And then, um, <laughs> secondly, not that would be believe somebody would shoot a Swedish kid anyway, but just to even the, the believe that their point of view is just is just totally. And then, like Thomas indicated, number one, she broke three laws. Number one, it's it's against the law to have a loaded firearm in a, in a glove compartment. All right, that's against the law. All right, you got this. Would you if you're chance with that gun, you're supposed to take the ammunition out of the gun. And have it at different different locations. It can't be inside the gun. It can't be loaded. Number two, you cannot um, brandish a firearm. <laughs> That's a threat. It's called assault. Okay, you know, assault don't mean you have to actually shoot somebody. You can um, just show up the gun, and that can be considered an assault because of the threat. And the gun doesn't even have to be loaded. I know that because I had jury duty. When first time I had jury duty, it was a white guy that did the exact same thing. He waved a gun at, a, at some black kids, and they found him guilty of assault. And the only thing he did is wave the gun. And it wasn't even a real gun, people. It was a, um, a blank gun. But the judge was saying that the idea that he planted in their mind was one of fear of being shot. 
and that was enough to convict him. Okay, so and that that that, that carries like a five year sentence, by the way. Back then, I don't know about now. Um, so I, that's why I know that's illegal. And um, uh, uh, the other thing, discharging a firearm within city limits, that's illegal. You're not supposed to be doing it. So she should have been technically arrested. That's why I'm saying if it went down any way but the way it was described, and that's why I think the police probably kosher, then she would have been arrested. She would have had to been arrested, you know, if it went down any other way. So I'm not just going to take somebody's word for it because there's been incidents where um, you know, and I think this is probably a white person because she wasn't arrested. I'm just saying, you know, but but black or white, she was wrong. Now, um, we know of, of uh, I, I got a couple calls. Hold tight calls. I'm trying to make my point. We know that that in the past, from the past experience, that white women have lied about black men. And there's actually, um, oh, God, there's actually a disorder called blame the black man syndrome. Believe it or not, there's actually a story called Blame the Black Man Syndrome, according to uh, Rob Whitey, Ph.D., okay? And uh, this thing, um, first of all, let's go to, uh, Jason, let's go to uh, to kill uh, 74. This is from The Killer Mockingbird. It was about a black man being blamed on rape. And it was based, actually based off of a real story. Um, uh, uh, the Soxborough Boys, um, okay. She has merely broken a rigid and time-honored code of our society. A code so severe that whoever breaks it is hounded from our midst, is unfit to live with. She must destroy the evidence of her offense. But she lied and said a black man came on to her. Evidence of her offense, Tom Robinson, a human being. That was Brock Peters that played the black man. Tom Robinson away from her. Tom Robinson was to her a daily reminder of what she did. Now, what did she do? She was white, and she tempted a Negro. She did something that in our society is unspeakable. She kissed a black man, not an old uncle, but a strong, young Negro man. No code mattered to her before she broke it, but it came crashing down on her afterwards. Now, this is before we had all this uh, interracial dating, so I know young people don't even understand this. presented themselves to your gentlemen, to this court. It was quite popular. Cynical confidence. Their testimony would not be doubted. Confident that you gentlemen would go along with them on the assumption, the evil assumption, that all Negroes lie, all Negroes are basically immoral beings, all Negro men are not to be trusted around our women, an assumption that one associates with minds of their caliber. Okay, needless to say. Which is in itself, gentlemen, a lie, which I do not need to point out to you. Okay, that was Gregory Peck. It was a good act in that movie. And Brock Peters, he actually cried while he was giving his delivery, his defense for himself. And um, Gregory Peck had to turn away from him so he wouldn't start crying. But it was very powerful. And uh, needless to say, they were, he was found guilty after they proved that he was innocent. After Gregory Peck proved he was innocent, they couldn't have possibly done it. He was still found guilty. And on the way to, they had to transport him out of town because they were about to lynch him. They went, a lynch mob wanted to lynch him, so they take him to another town to, 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 to let him wait for punishment. Because back in those days, rape was punishable by death, by execution, okay? And uh, especially for black people, usually it was applied to blacks only. But rape in those days was punishable by death. And uh, so he was going to get the electric chair. So they were transporting him, and he tried to run. That's what the story said. He tried to run, but he was killed on the way to the other jail. A- actually, he was lynched. That's what happened on the way to jail. So... Um, 
uh, the Scottsboro's boys it was a similar story. It was nine nine uh, black guys on a train, and in those days they were looking for work on the train. Okay, and uh, they got in a fight with some white guys on the train that were looking for work too. It was it was during the Great Depression, so people did whatever they had to do to get work. They would hop trains or whatever, which was illegal for both the blacks and the whites. And they got in a fight with the white guys, and they threw the white guys off the train. The white guys wanted to throw them off the train. They ended up throwing the white guys off the train. So the white guys went to the police because they know the police would be on their side. Police got there, two white women in the train. Not in the same train, but in another train. So she, they accused the black guys of raping them because they didn't want it. They were prostitutes. They didn't want to get charged with vagrancy because they didn't have train tickets. So they, <laughs> they actually said that the black guys raped them. Didn't happen. The doctors examined them. No evidence of them being raped. The guys were had a one-day trial were convicted. And sentenced to death in an electric chair. They ranged in ages from 12 to 19. Okay. And um, they were finally, um, they had like several trials. And the, the white, the all white juries kept finding them guilty. So they went to the Supreme Court and they said that you got to have some, some black people or something on this jury. And, uh, but, you know, because they, they, their um, public defender was a drunk. The other one was senile. So they didn't have a fair trial. Nothing, nothing like a fair trial. And uh, so... They ended up being found guilty. They wouldn't get the lecture chair. But um, the NAACP intervened and the Communist Party intervened and got them a decent lawyer. And they were found, um, they weren't found um, not guilty. They were, they were um, paroled. And eventually they were pardoned in 2013. They uh, received a full pardon. And some of those guys spent, you know, they went in jail. Let's say you went to jail when you were 19 and you come out, you're 30, what, 15, you did 15 years. You're 34 years old when you get out. The best years of your life in jail. For something you didn't do. And you know you didn't do it. Based on a word of a white woman. That was, that's all it took. And that's what happened. By the way, that's what got the Tulsa riot started. It was a white woman that said uh, um, uh, a black man uh, raped, well, 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 tried to sexually assault her um, at the, uh, where she worked at, at the Drexel building. She, had, she, was a, um, she was an elevator operator. And she said that this guy, uh, um, Dick Rowland, um, uh, her name was Sarah Page. She said this guy, Dick Rowland, tried to assault her and uh, sexually. And that was enough to start a riot. Killed uh, um, hundreds of people. They dropped a bomb on the, on the town. And they called this place Black Wall Street because it was, it, was, it was a place where the most affluent black people lived. They had businesses and everything. And the white folks were just jealous anyway. They just wanted excuses to go in there and destroy it, and they did. Caused like 800 um, injuries. They locked up 6,000 black people. And instead of getting men, women, and children. So uh, based on what a white woman said, it transpired. That wasn't even true. Same thing happened in um, Rosewood. That was based on a white woman said that a drifter tried, a black drifter tried to um, rape her. They went into Rosewood and found somebody in Rosewood they had nothing to do with her and lynched him. And that caused a riot. <laughs> and, um, you know, resulted in uh, more deaths of black people. They had to hide in swamps to get away from white mobs that wanted to kill them. You know, the, the, the survivors of Rosewood. So... <laughs> We got to be very careful just believing people, you know, just taking their word for it. I was shocked that people just took this woman's word without any question. And everybody remembers the woman that, that killed those her babies. She, I think she killed like three kids and said a black man kidnapped the children. She murdered her own children and blamed it on a black man. Everybody believed it. Okay, so, I mean, there's there's just, <laughs> and even black people do it. You had, uh, uh, remember the, the, the uh, guy that said that um, a, uh, um, a panhandler killed his wife? In the car, they were in the car. Him and his daughter were in the car, and Pan had supposed to kill his wife. So even we do it. Even um, and they had a football player that um, got convicted. He was um, 
he was a um uh, uh um God. He said he was a football player, and he claimed that. Uh, I mean, the woman, uh, the woman claimed it was a black woman claimed that he raped her, and uh, he was in high school. He played high school football. He spent like five years in jail behind that, and she finally came out and said she didn't do it. The reason why he spent the five years in jail is because his lawyer told him to look. You get forty. You might as well plead it down. So he was just so afraid to get the 40 years, he pleaded down, even though he knew he wasn't guilty. That's what they do to you. You know, they, they'll try to um, force you to um, the plea bargain. You know, even if you're not guilty, a lot of people take that charge. And as a matter of fact, the Innocence Project has exonerated thousands of people that were innocent of crimes through DNA evidence. And most of those people were black. Well, 40% of them were black. But black men only make up 6% of the population because um, the population in the United States is 12% black. So if you're talking about black men when black men and sh- black children, you're talking about 6% of the population. And 40% of the people that were exonerated by the Innocence Project were black men. So people know that if you blame stuff on black men, it's going to ring true, especially if you're, white, if you're a white woman, you know. So, and, and uh, a woman named Bronnie Sweeten, Back in uh, 2009, claimed that two black men um, uh, kidnapped her and her daughter. They ended up um, going to Disney World. She wanted to hide the fact she went to Disney World. She stole a bunch of money. She stole over $600,000 from a place of employment through fraud and went to Disney World. And, blame, and said some black men kidnapped her and her daughter, you know, and people believed it. So that's what I'm saying. And that, that, that like I said, this is called, there's actually a... A name for it, and and I didn't even, I didn't realize it. It was uh, I mean doing my research, I picked it up is uh, blame the black man syndrome. So so it's a real thing. It's a real thing, people. Okay, um, let's bring um, Ernest up. Good morning. Good morning, Ernest. Yeah. Uh, before I get into that, some squeegee stuff. I'm, I'm going to give you some information so you can look up. Uh, it's in a Rets. Google Haaretz newspaper. Uh, Israel mourns the death of Elijah. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Eric. Um, come on, let's let's let's, 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 say, let's say look that up. Let's say the subject. You try to give me a laugh now. Um, look, look it up, and it'll tell you. It'll tell you how low black people are. Just read that article. It'll just tell you how black people don't have no backbone, will go for anything, and 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 don't even have the faith uh, would lie and, uh, in reference to okay. the universal. Okay. Ernest, you got to make your point because I got a bunch of people on, online. I want to get rid of Okay, let me get to this woman yeah, with the, the squeegee kids. Who are the people, basically, that are attacking squeegee kids, black children? I've heard black men attack them, Ernest. I'll be honest with you. And white, uh, that's, white that, folks. Uh, that's right. Yeah. It's, it's Radio 1 and WEAA, Fake Wise Whitehead and Butch McAdams. They're the ones that, and they believe this story. Well, let, stop right there, Ernest. But I've, I've heard um, the, the right-wing stations do the same well, thing. I, They're I, just parroting well, what they're doing. Wait a minute. I expect yeah. them to do mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I expect them to do it, too. I, I expect them to do that. I don't expect black radio to fall into this, this white supremacist trap. Right, right. Now, the point I'm making is this. Like I said, hold on, Ernest. Like I said, we don't engage in uh, 
what's called critical thinking, and we don't engage in. We're 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 um, caught up in cognitive cognitive dissonance. Din- din- I'm sorry. Yeah, you're absolutely right. right. We don't engage in critical thinking. Right. Where they just run run any kind of game on a flim flam, yeah, we, and we'll go along with it. Yeah, we're victims of cognitive dissonance with those stuff like that. Here's a woman, like you said before, that is afraid for her safety with squeegee kids. Right, right. Check. But she got a car window rolled down. Right, a passenger side. Passenger side. I don't even do that. And, <laughs> and a squeegee cannot break a car window unless no. you use tremendous it's force. force. Right. To and, break a car and I window. talk to those guys, Ernest, and their interest is to keep everything cool because so they because they know if they cause any trouble, they're gonna get ran off them. And that plus corner. the fact, plus the fact, we don't know how much a squeegee kid if he has regular customers that come by there like the way he he approaches them. Right. And say, well, I'm gonna run past here and give this guy a couple of dollars. I never so had any problem. We don't with under we don't know. I've never had any problem out of. Yeah, we don't. I never had any problem out of me. Uh, if I want to give something, I'll give something. If I don't want to give something, I'll just look straight way. ahead and don't acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. But the thing is this. When the police come, because of this hue and cry from black radio stations, white radio stations, they are going to take the side of the woman. They're not going to lock her right, up. Right. So, so yeah, of course. Because and I, think gonna they coaster, gonna and I think they coast her on what to say. You know huh? what I'm saying? I think they coached her on what to say. You know what I'm saying? Well, because well, it's just sounds too clean I think so, too. They, they made up a story. Right. I think she made up a story. That story makes absolutely no sense to a thinking person. Yeah. I, I don't I don't <laughs> think the police had to coach you on that. All right, go ahead and close, Ernest, because I got these other calls. I mean, let me Okay, let me just say this. I, I don't think the police had to coach you on that. She knew she had to call the police because she discharged a firearm. Right, exactly. People heard exactly. it. And so... And to a BMW seat. To to call the police. (laughs) But here's a guy that lives on the last plantation. They're not even full citizens in Washington, D.C. Got so much to say about Baltimore. All right, Ernest. Call again next week. Um, I appreciate your call. All right, we got, but we got to move on. Okay, let's go to Steve. Hey, Tyrone. I'm the the brother from the rally, and I told you I was going to call you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Thanks for calling. Yeah, yeah, it was nice meeting you. Yeah, yeah. Um, same here. About the, the, the squeegee thing, I'm kind of shocked that uh, so many African American people are calling their opposition to the squeegee guys. Now, I don't, I don't drive, but I have um, observed them, and my observation is that they might get a little antsy if a person turns them down. But I haven't seen any really instances of violence like. They smash somebody's car right. window. Now think think about this, Steve. No, no Steve, real, think about uh, this. aggressive behavior. I have, right, me I either. But think about this: if you're on McCullough Street, mm-hmm. right, that's a crowded street. That's a crowded Absolutely. street. If that happened on McCullough yeah. Street, at least twenty, thirty people gonna see that. Don't rush out, maybe a right. hundred people, and nobody's come forward saying they saw us. No witnesses. This, this is something that people have to realize too. Um, the squeezy person has a bottle of liquid. And it has the little thing to wipe with. Right. They don't really brandish or, or have anything dangerous as far as you could get to decipher to be a weapon. Right. But you the know, fact that they're black, it scares them. a lot of people. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, when yeah, you say I mean, squeegee, you think a black person. But you know as well as I do, they have these, these uh, white panhandlers out there with them. That's in and out of trap. Yeah, yeah, nobody yeah. says anything about them. Not even yeah. on the right wing stations. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, too, about... Um, we we have like 
a whole multi multitude of, of candidates um, who have said that they're going to run for mayor. This reminds me of an instance like before when all the black guys were running for mayor. Right, right. we remember that, right? Walking through the back door. Don't you see some similarities? Oh in yeah, this? oh yeah. I see a lot of similarities, but we're gonna have to figure something out real quick about who's gonna run. But I don't care if you. I mean, I, I don't care about man being black. If Clarence Thomas yeah. was running, I would not vote for him. I care all about right. what if you have anything that that has to do Biden, with yeah. the uplift of, of black people in the city. You know, exactly. if you have any concern for him. Okay, right. well, you demonstrated that. You know, but mm -hmm. let, let me move on. You go and conclude. I'm going to move on to. to okay, uh, nice talking, Paul All right, sir. Thanks for calling. Call next week, please. Right. Okay, let's move on to Aaron. Go ahead, Aaron. Good morning, man. Thanks for taking my call. Good morning, sir. I heard the whole debate about the, the, the squeezy kids attacking the woman or whatever. Yeah, that could have been a fabricated story. But the trouble is, what if it's not a fabricated story? That's that woman's car. She got a right to roll her window down. No, no, she stop right there, sir. She stop right there. She don't have a right to pull a gun on a squeezy kid, all right? She don't okay, have that right. You're right. She does have a right okay, to pull. Okay, she, okay, no, she does have a right to pull, pull a window down, but she don't have a right to pull, to point a gun on a squeeze. I'm sorry. I'm okay, sorry. But now, you don't have that right it, either. Okay, so if she was saying it was true, does do they have a right to harass and beg and, and and demand something from that lady? You know, I would like, sir, sir. Oh, man, sir. we just had a guy in Frederick. I sir. up in Frederick. Sir. the man for a dollar. They sucker punched the man and killed him. Right, sir. So what's the excuse for them? Sir, I'm not stop, making excuses for. Making sir, well, for uh, sir, I'm not man. making excuses for anybody. If somebody suck upon somebody, they need to go to jail. All right. Now, what I'm saying is that those Swedish kids are going to be out there, right? Because they're poor. Now, we already know you. The people talking make a law against Swedish kids. Okay, you make a law against it, but that's not going to stop them. The laws don't stop people from selling dope, okay. and I don't condone that either. That's even worse. So, what we're saying is that maybe we should have like jobs or something for them as an alternative to what they're doing. Instead of just turning away from summer jobs, spend all our money on developers and subsidizing wealth, why don't we have a summer jobs program in the city for a change? Well, okay, and that's a good point. But see, you got black officials that call themselves in leadership positions. They'll set aside $150,000 for the defense of some illegal damn right, uh, right. I agree. Uh, immigrant yeah, I agree with that. Okay, where's the <laughs> 150K at for these kids to guarantee them summer jobs? Well, some workforce all around thing. jobs. And we'll talk about but, that. You know, we're exactly. talking about but, but here's the other part of it, man. Half the city waiting on SSI and disability. The other half waiting on Jesus. You know, so when you start grabbing these kids, these squeezy kids and other children that's causing problems at the harbor or whatever, and there's some white ones causing it too, when you find out that their parents are on any kind of social services, man, they need to penalize them through their social services. Okay, man. well, there's white, get their damn children. there's white kids that terrorize. There are white kids that have events so, at Ocean City every year that you don't know nothing about. They terrorize the whole Ocean City. I understand. Yeah. And, and, the same and nobody says anything too. about it. The same for, applies for them, too. But right. my concern is not with them. Mine is with my own children. Right. Mine is with my own children. Okay, but my children, we sir. We need to get our children. Sir, it's just that simple. They sir, man. sir. My kids don't, listen to me. My kids don't squeegee. And don't, neither do any of my relatives' kids, okay? So exactly. if they got, if, let me finish. If you got somebody in your family that's doing that, it's your fault because you ain't talking to them, all right? right. Hey, look. Uh, it's real, not everybody's real, real, fault that real, people real, out there squeegee. Hey, Everybody's not squeegee. Every kid is not bad. Okay. Real quick. And I know that. I know that. But real quick, you can go on to Tashiko and, uh, and uh, Annapolis Road on any given Saturday, man. You see them four, five, and six years old. Okay, well, what cars, I'm saying is we got to have a with an effective solution to stop it. That's okay, let's, exactly. Exactly. First thing I here's his solution right here. Stop praying for the enemy. All right. God. Okay. All right. Let's go to Sandra. 
And then we're gonna talk about what New York, what they do in New York, and what they do in uh, and uh, uh, what they do in New York, and what they do in DC. Go ahead, Sandra, please, quickly. Sandra, Sandra. Okay, Jason. Um, let's find out what what they do in uh, New York and DC. And that would be uh, seventy. I believe, I believe it's uh, seventy-five. What some of the alternatives they do up there? Because Baltimore's not the only town they have alternative ways to make money. Go. So this is uh, Tyrone Bose. I'm interviewing a young lady from New York, and um, uh, she's going to tell us about how they do it. How they do it in New York in regards to the, her work experience as a kid and what the kids are doing up there. Okay, um, in New York on the subways, you see the young people on the subway selling candy. They have boxes of candy and they sell um, candy for a dollar. And then you also see um, young kids dancing and dancing to music and uh, people give them money. And uh, when I was growing up in school, um, the summer programs, they had summer programs where you could work all summer long. And while you were in school, you could go to, they had a stay in school program where you could um, go to school half a day and work a half a day. So therefore, kids learn how all to, year round? To, to make money, yeah, for the whole school season. And mm-hmm. sometimes those so, jobs turned into so you, permanent jobs. Oh, right. So you had program. work that you did during the, um, the summer and you had work that you did during the school year. Yeah, if, if you didn't have student. full day classes because... Um, I didn't have a full day of classes, just half a day. Worked it out half a day, and then half a day I could work. And so while you were up, you just observed what they were doing with the kids Yeah, up there. on, then, the, on the, the trains. Yeah, just riding the trains, you know, I noticed how, well, when I went up there, I didn't see anything like that on the trains in the D.C. area. But once I went to New York, I saw that how young people were making money, trying to make money. And you saw work, you saw work in the city. Um, uh, on the city programs in D.C. Where in D.C. when I was in school, yeah. Uh, you were in school in D.C.? High school, high school. Well, when I was you, in high school. Yes. You were in school in D.C. in yes. high school? Yes. And you worked half the year. How did it work? It, it's like stay in school program. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I went to school half the day in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then in the afternoon, I had a job that I went to. Okay. And it was only like four hours. They only allow you to work four hours a day, but five days a week. So, How old do you have to be? Um... I think 14, 14, okay. yeah, started at 14, yeah. yeah. And that would help with your parents and everything else, yes. you know, if you had a couple kids that were working, yeah. that would bring income to the family. Yep. Okay, that's an excellent and idea. And get you ready ready for work, too. Excellent idea. Yeah. All right, thank you for your time. Yeah, and by the way, I had a I had a job at the school too at a youth works program, kept me out of trouble. I had to keep my grades up, though, and I worked three hours after school. And so that's an excellent program. So this is what I'm talking about, in terms that actually work. Let's try them. I mean, come on, you know. And then they those both of those places, New York and uh, DC, have a per capita lower murder rate than Baltimore. I'm a, I'm a, before I go to the other calls, I'm a, I'm gonna share something with y'all. It's an article from the Sun paper about a judge that does alternative sentencing. It says here, and this is um, from the Sun paper, and this dated December fifth, twenty seventeen. Okay, it says Judge Nicole Pastor Klein picked up. A thick yellow folder documenting Tyrone Fowler's criminal record and smiled at a 28 year old man sitting in front of her in her Baltimore courtroom Tuesday. His infant daughter and girlfriend and, 
Ancestor sat beaming proudly on the benches behind him. Fowler of Cherry Hill was one of the nearly 30 men and women who completed the district court's fledging jobs training and placement program and took part in the courtroom graduation ceremony. In exchange, they saw their probation periods cut short, were granted probation before judgment, and had their required meetings with the probation officers reduced. Fowler is no longer worried about his past dirty knuckle days. Instead, he's focused on the future. This offered me the exact career opportunities I needed and wanted, he said. It gave me the certifications I needed and the respect. This is an amazing milestone for me. Fowler said he spent two years fruitlessly searching for work like Freddie Gray did. Freddie Gray was looking for work, by the way, according to records at the job center in Mondama, but couldn't find any job. Fowler said he spent two years fruitlessly searching for work when he wound up in front of Pastor Klein, that's the woman, the judge's name, charged with destruction of property. He enrolled in a St. Vincent de Paul food service certification program in July and found a job on the day he completed the training course. Pastor Klein launched a district court reentry project a year ago, hearing repeatedly from criminal defendants who came before her that they wanted to work, but could not find employers willing to hire them because of their criminal records. Moved to action by the civil, and how many people got civil uh, criminal records in uh, Sandtown? And I'm saying that's excuse. I'm not making excuses for them, but that, you know, that gives some validity to what I'm reading. Moved to action by the civil unrest of 2015 for, at Freddie Gray, talking about Freddie. After the death of Freddie Gray, the judge said she began recruiting, or, recruiting organizations that would agree to accept people referred by the court and agreed to train them and place them in jobs in renewable energy installation, automotive repair, construction, warehouse work, um, maritime transportation, and other fields. Civic Works, Goodwill Industries of Chesapeake and Our Daily Bread are among dozens of organizations that partner with the court on the program. Diane Cove runs the Workforce Foundation, one of the reentry programs, partner groups. It enrolls participants, many of them young adults, first-time offenders, and skills training programs. Skills training programs, not just being janitors and stuff, for careers in various sectors, things that pay money that you can live off. People are afraid of crime rising and public safety remains a huge concern in Baltimore City, Cope said. But when you think about this in the long term, these people are not going to be reoffending at the same rate and entering the prison system at the same rate. They're getting employed. The bigger picture is so important here. Getting jobs so they don't enter a life of crime. The graduation ceremony was, um, well, to make a long story short, um, it says here, the graduation ceremony was the program's third. Pastor Klein said more than 50 people have complained the program over the last year and none have returned to prison or received a subsequent conviction. Now she has a um, recidivism rate. This was years ago, but she has a recidivism rate of 6%. Okay. Now the state recidivism rate is 68% for people that don't go to that program. So you see the difference that a job makes at a living wage. We got to start thinking creatively and we got to, we got to start engaging in critical analysis of what's going on. Because people are doing committing crimes for a reason, people. They're not just doing it because they're the Batman or the Joker or the Riddler and all this stuff, and they just want to be funny. So we got to come up with creative ways to do these things. So let's go to these callers, and we'll try to get up through all of them before it's a lot of um, Let's go to uh, Mark. Hey, how you doing, Tyrone? All right, Mark. It was good to see you down at the town hall meeting. Hey, man, it was, <laughs> it was good to see you, my brother. You know Good to hear, you know, hear the people, man, that lady um, that, that talked about um, losing her, her sister 15 days prior to right. a, a repeat offender, man. That was heart-wrenching, wasn't right. it? It was. It was. 
But it's too bad our friend didn't show up. That's what I was getting ready to say, man. And Kathy Hughes, look. Kathy Hughes, our fearless leader, man, called him out. So you see, we got to be at them. You can't, you can't, you can't disrespect the people, man. Especially if you're going to be. Think about this, Mark. You talking about yeah. you talking about historically black college? You talking right. about in the black community? And you're saying I didn't go because I didn't want to. Now that's not an excuse, man. You can't do that. You can't do that. Thank you got to be accountable. Man. If you're not accountable to those people, who are you accountable to? If you're not representing them, who are you representing? I mean, you well, got to make you up for that. Lost my vote right there. But not only that, um, Tyrone, you can't. You ain't gonna say this, but I'm gonna say it, man. Um, when you open your show, you had a hearing. You know, uh, Mary Pat Clark made sure you had a hearing. A white woman. Ready to yes. The green light your, uh, your program. Yeah. We was down City Hall. Yep. Uh, it was thousands of people that signed a petition. That yep. was years ago. That's years ago. Am I right? Yep. So it's not like this is that something that I just dreamed up and nobody else wants to do. This is something that's been proven that other people want to do as well. That thousands of people want to participate in us. And they still don't want to hear it because it doesn't benefit developers. It doesn't subsidize wealth. What it does is it eliminates poverty, and it gives people home ownership opportunities and generational wealth they wouldn't otherwise have. And that's just too and much for some people to handle. Man. And we got millions of dollars. We got millions of dollars in, in the youth fund, and people like yourself, the grassroots that's meeting. And, and it was told to you, you know, that you already had a pilot from the right, previous right. Now, let me, let me stop you right there. I don't yeah. get none. If, we, if this goes, I don't get the money. It goes directly to the citizen. I just my interest right. is seeing the black community not being hosed. I mean, it goes right. the, the money, the loans go to the the citizen. The money goes to the citizen in the form of one percent interest loans. Okay, they get the That's house right. for a dollar. They and and That's the contractors right. now the contractors get paid for what they do. And so what you're right. doing is paying for renovation value only, no profit motive, but renovation only. So me as a contractor, truth in advertising, if I decide to go yeah. and do a house or whatever, I get paid for putting HVAC in. For what I do, I, I don't get no extra money. You know what I'm saying? There's no money coming to me, and they don't have to use our pool of contractors. They're just there to make it fair because we know developers are more expensive than a small minority contractor, and to keep it, you know, keep customers in reason. And it's um, ridiculous, Tyrone. And thank you, man, for um for going directly to the young people, man. Um, I was caught up in addiction. I was an addicted parent. I know the devastation. Right. I like to hear from the young people. I don't want to hear somebody. I don't want to hear somebody uh, surrounded by 50 police, you know, right. <laughs> tell me what's going down. I go down and check myself. I'm not scared to talk That's to them. Right, I don't bro. need no police around me. <laughs> you know? I'm not scared to well, walk I the streets. Thank you, man. I, I thank you for, for, for bringing this out, man. And, and it's just a shame, man, you know, that they, we have the money, we have the resources, we have training programs and stuff like that. And I was told, I was, I was told yesterday by one of the grassroots that he's not even meeting with the grassroots anymore. And 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 uh, Miss Pugh never missed a meeting. Right, right. Well, go ahead, and close, Mark. I'm gonna try to go get some more of these people up. All right, partner. You go ahead, man. I'm gonna listen to you, man. Take care, man. All right, I'll let's see you. let's go to Manny. Right, let's go to Manny. Thanks, Mark. Call back next week. Um, let's go to Manny. I hope you can hear me loud and clear. Go ahead, man. Give the give the squeegee kids a break, man. When I was coming up back in '68 and stuff like that, I shine shoes. Absolutely. You know, we did it all. Man. Yeah, but you, you know? and I both know those houses don't exist anymore. Let's be real. Yeah, you can't shine exactly. nobody's shoes. Everything's right. patent level now. Nobody yeah. lets you shine it. Shine their shoes. But let me, let me say this. You know, the tragedy in life is not uh, reaching your goal, but having no goal to reach. Right. We, we you know, finally we have, oh, we have, 
folks, excuse me. Finally, we stand on the shoulders of millions of black male slaves who had their families taken from them and their bodies chained with. Yet, throughout, they kept their minds fixed on freedom. With this kind of legacy, man, we have... We're dropping the ball, man. We're dropping the ball. We only yeah, we get to where we're going, and we pull. Look, listen to me. We get to where we're going. We pull that ladder up behind us, and say, "Okay, right. you you dodge those lines and tires. I'm gonna make my getaway. The hell with exactly, y'all." Exactly, exactly. I we did it on my own. Be, but we got to learn to be <laughs> magnanimous with each other, man. Stop right. loving and caring for each other. The same thing you did everything on your own because a lot, like you exactly. said, a lot of people came before exactly. you that got you to where you're at. Yeah, you put in exactly. the work. Exactly. And I you heard know. you talk about practical thinking, man. You know, you gotta have practical. You got thinking, to. Man. You have to have system you, judgment. You have to have self-direction. You have to have role awareness, man. You know, all right, man. I'm going to go to... I'm going to try to get bro. these calls. It's almost the end of the day. Wait, Thanks for sure. calling. Call next week, sir. Uh, Leo. Brother yeah, Leo. Yeah, Tyrone. Uh, good show. Then Great show. Santa. Listen, uh, uh, we got to have jobs for people... Uh, when they're in, in jail, they should be working. So when they come out of jail, they got some kind of money. And we ought to have job placement in trades and building trades and others when they come out. That's so what this judge was them. doing. And she found out they had a much lower, ten times as, as less recidivism as the state. Yeah, but the people in office, uh, Brandon Scott and Jack Young and those folks, they don't understand. They don't care about uh, uh, dealing with the poverty situation. If you're hungry and you're homeless and you don't have a job, how likely is it that you're going to vote? You people keep talking about you're going to you you got, vote. Yeah, you got. You um, got to deal with your needs right, first right. and foremost. It's formal. called Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You yeah. know, you got to deal with your physical needs first, then you can go to higher and higher. Yeah, of the, yeah. Of we got to get leaders in office like Mike Jensen and others who are going to fight for people to be. Uh, to survive and to eat and take care of their needs fundamentally. If we don't get that straight, then uh, this city will remain on the list of the top five most dangerous cities in the country. Absolutely. Because we've got dangerous politicians who don't give a darn about our children. And dangerous uh, uh, affirmative action Negroes that forgot where they came from. Forgot where they came from and, right. and don't want to help nobody else. And if you ain't going to help nobody else, it was a waste of time getting you to where you're at. That's exactly right. All right, uh, let's go to Brown. Thank you, Leo. Call next week. Brown Sandtown. Tyrone, go ahead. Tyrone Brown yes, Sandtown. Tyrone, is there any legacy that Elijah Cummins left behind in two one two one seven that we can touch, feel, see, claim? Any, see. any, any? Come on, Tyrone. It's shameful. Yeah, yeah. And, but and, see, you know, we but, went to but, two Congress. But Mister Brown, you hear all these glowing speeches about everything yeah. he's done for it's, the, it's, the um, black it's, it's a lie. <laughs> it's a lie, man. I can't be see they lifted his name. Show me something in two one two one seven. Something tangible. Something that you can for the take your community. children to. Right. Huh? Now he's Come done, on, man. He's done hey, personal things for people. You know, like taking Israel. Like personal favors yeah. for his homeboys, right. for his staff. And he's done. But the community, look at his. But district. the community is, as a whole. Oh my it's, God! It's sh- it's the Sleazy kids two two blocks from his house on Mount Rule and North Avenue. Did he ever engage him? We lost the whole community around there. Which yeah, you lost the, the whole you know, community. The whole community and, destroyed. And, and we got we got lifted him up and praising him. We got a lack of affordable housing stock. We got all these vacant houses, That's and, right. and we got a lack of affordable housing stock. You Tyrone, tell me, we not one time this did he ever come and try to engage, engage even a homeless situation. Well, I'm come just, on, man, you can saying, speak on that, and they lifting, they lifting Elijah up like right. he's some hero to his buddies. Right, right. Well, I mean, but I did some work for him. The people in the community is suffering. But um, 
I can't go for all the nonsense about you know Me how neither. great somebody and, was. And, and I would let you work for yourself. I wish I wish Barack Obama and them would have rolled through two one two one seven. Right. I wish they would have loaded them all up on the bus and rolled them through his district, and then they jury this is gerrymandering stuff, shooting way out of right. Ellicott City, the s- hiding the poverty in part in Baltimore City in his yeah. district. Well, sa- uh, you know, sad to say, um, it's just it's just it's almost criminal what's happened to the black community in last It's criminal. Years. It's criminal. It is criminal, Ty. Yeah. And um, it started with the um, the um, the uh, predatory lending and all stuff that went down. People getting their homes over that. The water bills. And, and then and, and and then and then it's all hard money lending stuff. Right, right. It's twenty four percent interest. Sell a house. Right. Come on, man. Yeah. This so is the biggest rip off going, Ty. And nobody, nobody stood up for those people that lost their nobody. homes and all, and all that. And now they want to, they want rewarded by tearing their houses down, throwing them out of the city, tearing, tearing them down. <laughs> so. I think Tyrone, if I'm not mistaken, we got 335 vacant lots in Sandtown. Right. Uh, trash lots. They're, they know they're green spaces, trash right? Trash lots, dump sites. <laughs> green spaces, uh, Brown. They're green uh, spaces. Uh, green spaces. <laughs> putting sunflower gardens. Does that sound like does that sound like propaganda? Or what? Of homes. A green space. No, it's a vacant lot, buddy. It's a vacant unbelievable, lot. Unbelievable, Ty. Yeah. Thanks it's for calling, in, buddy. Call man. next week. Yo, absolutely. Have a good one. All right, sir. You too. Okay, so we're getting down to we're getting down to the wire now, um, and uh, I I thank all my callers. I thank everybody from for calling in the people that did call in and express your your views. But I was going to talk about a whole different thing, but the topic of the Swedish kids that's very important to me, especially when you talk about somebody going to shoot a kid. We're trying to make some extra money. Something we all did as children. If you're any type of man or any type, if you had any any gumption about yourself as a boy, you um you did some work. You know, you put in some work. It wasn't always the most legal thing in the world, but it didn't it didn't hurt anybody for most of us. We weren't trying to hurt nobody. We weren't trying to break the law. Um, but for the most part, we did things that weren't on the books. They weren't legal, but morally they were okay. You know, like the guy was saying, shine shoes. You know, that might not have been legal. The woman that said that they danced on trains in New York, that's probably illegal. But it didn't hurt anybody, okay? And we know it's illegal to dance on a train, okay? But we're not killing anybody. You don't want, you don't like to dance, don't look. Go about your business. Um, I thank everybody again for tuning in to another exciting and informative edition of the Call Tyrone Show. And um, as I said before, I have some of the most intelligent callers in radio, and I appreciate the listening audience. And it, it, it humbles me, it's an honor. I thank you for your time and tune in next week.